Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. there. How to holiday part two. Okay, so today we are in the second part of our series, how to holiday better. And last week, we talked about how to have good holidays that are smoother and run a little better when you are traveling out of town when with your young family. But today we are talking about how to holiday better when you are at home in your local area and some ways to do that. So again, I am Kelly Shoup. If you are just showing up here, I'm so happy to have you here. Today especially, I want you to understand how I operate, my philosophy, my foundation, okay, because it's going to come into play a lot. So I have a college degree as a pediatric occupational therapist, parent coach, mom of three teenagers. And I am all about because I have learned about how a human is designed, created by God, how they grow, how they develop all the systems in their body how they are wired to be autonomous, to be authentic, to even from a young age, want to have a say in in their life and make choices and contribute to their family, to whatever environment they are in. And so again, I have a really good understanding of all of this. I know that this is how God designed humans to be. And even at all the ages and the stages and the different skills and the different systems in their body, this is what I understand. And I understand this is how God made it. And so this is the place that I want to operate from. I want to support kids in these particular ages and stages as God designed it right from the get-go. And so... I am not the person who is going to give you support as a parent that tells you to be 100% control your kids, to have 100% compliance immediate, or just, you know, immediate obedience with no questions asked. I absolutely feel like kids need to have some say in their lives. And some parents do not want that. <laughs> they would, and, and again, I understand as I'm a mother of three that it is easier if we make all the decisions and we do have a fully developed, informed brain as an adult to make better decisions than a four year old might as far as what gift he wants to pick for his teacher. But I also want to honor that child right where they are in their age and stage to have some say in it. So again, I'm going to be the person who is going to really encourage and support 
choices for your child, letting them contribute to your family. That is confidence building. It is self-worth building. And the other way that I always operate from is what I'm focusing on and helping parents with, with their three-year-old or their five-year-old or their eight-year-old. I've also further on down the road. So I'm helping you in this moment with your three or four-year-old or five-year-old, but I've also also already thought clear in the distance to what do we want this child to look like as a young adult? What do we want this human to look like at age 25? And so I'm going to put in place things and help you put in place things at three, four, five that are going to pay dividends to the betterment and how we want this child to look at age 25 when they are grown. So, and I say this because it's often counterintuitive to what parents want to do. Kind of the knee-jerk response is to do whatever's easiest, whatever in the moment. We'll have the child just be quiet and just, let's just go along to get along. And it's just easier if you do exactly what I say when I say it, and it'll be great. But that isn't the great when this child is now a 20-year-old and needs to make decisions on their own. So I'm always operating from that long-term plan, okay? And again, this is God's design of we start here, the ages, the stages, but we're always working towards heaven. We're always working towards becoming a saint in our path to heaven. Okay, so today we are going to talk about two different themes. And the first one is communication. And communication is so incredibly key during the holiday season because there is so much going on. There's more parties and festivities and a piano recital and a choir performance by one child. And there's gifts to be bought and there's a card to be sent and there's extra holy days and church times to be considering. And it's a lot. And so moms, you are fantastic about having all of these things up in your head. And I just want to encourage you to be really intentional and clear and bring it out of your head. So I think a lot of times because moms, we thought of, okay, this is what's going to happen today. She needs to be in the Christmas pageant costume. And then we're going to go here and we're going to go there. We think that because we thought it, we think that we've verbally said what's going to happen with the schedule or what's going on this weekend or what you need a particular child to help grab as you're going out the door. But a lot of times, and remember, I've been doing this for over 20 years, helping families figure all these pieces out, is a lot of times, mom, we don't really say it out loud to our spouse, to a child, to the babysitter who's helping us navigate. So I just want you to get, you know, again, just be intentional this year, like every day. Okay, I thought that. I know this is how the schedule's going to go. I really need to say it to everybody. I used to have, I still have it, a whiteboard, a wipe-off board at the back of my 
house right before we walk into the garage. So there's a cubby area there. I had a schedule for every child, what they had to do on what particular day. I would add things in. I would put a note to myself. I would put a note to dad. Oh, don't forget Will to take this for this particular whatever. So write it down. And again, you know your kids the best to know, okay, this schedule here on the back door, they're going to see it. Or is there a particular child who they need a post-it note right on their bathroom mirror when they brush their teeth? And if you haven't taken my free sensory profile, go find it on my website, kellykshoop.com or Instagram at kellykshoop because that helps give you insight into how your kids function well and also yourself and also what things will trip you up. When we communicate well about our expectations and what's going to happen at any particular time, everything will run smoother. And I also want to encourage you to have really good communication around your boundaries. And boundaries are absolutely a thing that every family needs to have at holiday time. And so it can look like if you have extended family coming into town, if you have in-laws who live one block away, it's okay to communicate this, this is what we have going this year. And a lot of moms would rather not say it up front because it can be a difficult thing. So let's say your in-laws live a block away. And you want to do something different this, you know, for this Christmas, or you would like to do something different this Christmas Eve than you normally do. And if you will communicate that ahead of time to your in-laws, it's always better received beforehand than after when feelings could be hurt or there was a snafu in in-laws thinking you were going to show up Christmas Eve but you didn't because you're trying something new and your spouse didn't communicate that to his parents. So there's just a lot of room for air after or during. But if you're intentional beforehand, I have found that most extended family and in-laws are very appreciative and actually really supportive when you take a stand and say, you know what, we're, we want to do something just our immediate family this Christmas Eve, this new thing. We want to start a tradition for just the six of us. So we, you know, we're going to come late to Christmas Eve at your house, but please understand. So communicate it beforehand. It's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to ask for support. I'm always encouraging parents, ask for what you need communicate it well, because for the most part, everybody wants to support you in what you need. You just need to ask for it. Okay. Another thing under communication, moms, here is a thought for you. And I want you to carry this from today through all the way through the new year. With the help of the grace of God, I can make it happen. Okay. Parents, moms especially, you are so hard on yourself. And the enemy for moms of joy and peace and in 
enjoyment with their kids is that comparison and control. And so I want you to, instead of comparing what, you know, somebody, you might be at a particular function and, and somebody might say, oh, did you make those cookies from scratch? Maybe you didn't make them from scratch, but you made it happen. You showed up at the thing and you've got cookies. And so I want you to give yourself, let yourself out of guilt, shame, embarrassment. I'm not working hard. I'm not doing it right. I'm not showing up good enough. No, you made it happen. You're here. You got the plate of cookies and it's all good. So keep that thought. I made it happen because when you are in the trenches of parenting young kids, it is challenging and it is tiring. And so I don't want you to get tripped up on the, I didn't make these holiday cookies completely from scratch. I want you to think they're here, they taste good. And so this leads me to the next theme that I want to really encourage you parents because it's fun when you can just embrace it, okay? And that is be in the age and stage where your kids are. So this is December 2022. And if you have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a baby, your holiday season looks pretty messy. You got a lot going on. You got, you know, little toys and diapers and bottles. And you have all the stuff. But you're still making it happen. But let's remember to make that it's okay to have it happen at the age and stage where your kids are. So it's okay to have it be a little messier than it's going to be when your kids are 12, 14, 16, and I forget what the other one is. I can't do math. So because it'll look totally different. And I have to tell you that when you have the memories and the pictures and the proof of the messiness of those young years, it is fun and it is funny. It's funny to look back and see all these different things. So let's talk about these ages and stages and some ways to embrace it and go with it. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is Santa. And a lot of times I will have parents say, you know what? I just, is it, should I be supporting? Should we be, I'm lying to my kids that there is not a Santa. Okay. Again, remember I have the degree in how the child development and the ages and the stages based on how God made humans. And at these young ages, of play and how our imagination plays in. It is such a critical part in these young ages. It's absolutely okay for kids to pretend that there is a Santa. We're pretending dad, I don't know any dad I've ever met who hasn't pretended like he is Superman, Spider-Man, Iron Man. Like your kids want to know you're a superhero. So you can pretend and you're fine with that. But what trips us up is Santa and Jesus and the nativity. And so it is completely okay to have your kids believe in Santa. And it's okay to have an elf on the shelf that flies around your house. Again, all in conjunction with 
we're still going to church. We're still, you know, we have a nativity scene out. We know the reason for the season, but it's okay to be in that age and stage with young kids where they are. Again, it is imagination and creativity and that is where they are. So that is absolutely okay. Okay. So that covers Santa. I also want to talk about gifts for teachers. Oh, let me back up real quick on Santa and tell you that what do I think about going to visit Santa? I think visiting Santa is absolutely okay. I don't really encourage it at young, young ages because a lot of times at two years old, a child has no ability to really understand who Santa is and a parent is putting them on the lap of somebody who is dressed in a red suit, they've got a scratchy beard, their face is usually, Santa's face is usually hindered. And for young kids, they, you know, they're very much about looking at facial features and um, picking up whether they are safe or not. And so if there's a Santa in the mall and you're launching your two-year-old on top of their lap, most two-year-olds I know are going to scream and cry. They're like, what are you doing? This is crazy. I don't know this person. They, they, I can't see their eyes very well. They're hugging me. They're holding me. And so a lot of times I just encourage parents, just wait till they're a little bit older. And they might be five. They might hear of Santa somewhere else. And then they're like, hey, I want to go talk to him and tell him what I want. But there were many years I did kind of a breakfast with Santa here in Dallas And I went with friends and we went for the parade and the cookies and the breakfast after. We didn't even go in the room that had Santa in it because I didn't, it wasn't something I thought my kids would enjoy and it it wasn't a big thing for me. Again, you know your kids best, but I also think, again, my, I guess my basis is just the safety of the child. So I I know people who will bring Santa into their house and that is safer because the child's like, okay, I'm at home. I know I'm safe here. My mom's right over there. This is the chair that I like, my blanket, my binky, whatever. I'm good. And so that might be a way that feels a little safer and better to kids is to actually bring Santa into your house. And so that's okay too. Again, I'm just want your child to feel safe and not have a bad experience with Santa. Okay. So next thing was gifts for teachers. Okay. I'm all about, I'm going to say it one more time. I'm all about your child having a say in their life, in their day-to-day life. So this child has a relationship with their teacher at school that is separate from the parent. And I encourage you to honor that. And so you can ask a child, what do you want to get for Mrs. Wright? What do you, you know, what do you think she would like? And be okay with whatever that is. And so what I used to do is allow my kids to think about their teacher, think about what they'd like to give them and try to make that happen. And again, not from the adult brain, the the child. So I'm going to be okay with the five-year-old version 
of a gift for their teacher. Now, I a lot of times would supplement or add a little something from me, from our family, but I did not want to squelch the practice and the experience that the child is getting in thinking about somebody that they spend time with, that they know that they have a relationship with, and how to do something for them in a caring manner. So really, you know, I've had a child before say, oh, I'm going to make them a card. And this is what I want to say, because this is what I have been trying to do. Maybe it's the letter S that can be tricky to write. And so let the child have a say in what they give to their teacher. And it's going to be that young version. So it's not going to be right. And I can tell you that I had years of my girls, especially wanting to cook things for their teachers at holiday. And they did not put all the necessary ingredients in whatever they were baking. And it was totally fine. I was like, okay, you want to make brownies? Okay, this is the thing. You want to put some, you know, red and green sprinkles on top? This is it. And when they came out of the oven, ooh, something's wrong. I don't know if an egg went in there. Looks a little wonky. So I would just shoot the teacher an email. Hey, these are coming in from the shoops. They don't have eggs in them. And, but I would much rather do that then squelch that feeling of accomplishment and contribution and giving. And it's, it's confidence building. It's kids learning about who I am. What do I like to do for people? How do I express my love and care for people? And what is it if it shows up like this? If I cook, do I like being somebody who bakes for my teacher? Or do I like to draw her a picture Or do I like to go to the mall and get her a Diet Coke? Because she has those, you know, whatever it is. I just really want kids to practice learning that because it's a skill they have to get. And if I tell them, this is what you're giving your teacher, and I've got it all wrapped up and it's got a perfect bow on it, that doesn't give them the skills that they need. And so I want them practicing right from, again, those young ages, because that will make them a better gift giver as they get bigger. And I'm all about that. Okay. And so moms, I know you might have to sit on your hands. You might have to hold your mouth. You might have to do, it might take everything in you not to hold that brownie that looks really just like a clump of brown stuff, hold it back. But I want to really tell you, just send it on with as much love from your young child, because that is absolutely what it is filled with. Okay. Wrapping paper also, same. This is the messy, this is the five-year-old version of wrapping the gift for the teacher. So sit on your hands. I always had just a wrapping station during the holidays. And so I think you've heard me all talk before about a short little like preschool size table that I always had in my kitchen that had scissors and crayons and markers and stickers and paper and advertisements that came or mail maybe that we received that might have an interesting picture. All of that was something that my kids could play with all the time. But at holiday time, I put wrapping stuff on it. Those stick-on labels, just some cheap bows, nothing, you know, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant, 
But again, just that your child has access to expressing who they are, what they think, what they want to do for the people that they love. And so they might wrap it up. I also had gift bags, a little bit of tissue paper, whatever they put together. This is what we're sending on to school to give to the teacher. And so I just encourage you, let them do it the messy five-year-old way and take pictures of it because when they're 15, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, we have had the best laughs over some of the stuff that we have given as gifts that we have, you know, pictures of. So just be in it for the enjoyment of it right at this moment. This goes to also your tree decorating. I'm sure everybody has your tree already decorated, but if you have kids who really want to decorate, you can let that bottom third or bottom half of your tree be available for kids to decorate. And a lot of kids are making ornaments at school or they're coloring. There's kind of shrinky dinks. There's little beads that you can make that you can buy at the craft store that you can melt together with your iron that are ornaments. There are so many different ways that kids want to contribute. And so I encourage you to let them. Now, don't let them, you know, be rearranging the ornaments that are the keepsakes from great grandmother, but absolutely let them have a part in it. Okay. And this is how they are growing in confidence in self-worth that they know because they can tangibly, physically, actively be doing something to contribute to the family. And so placing an ornament on the tree, it might not go in the right spot that mom wanted it just perfectly placed, but we can sacrifice that perfect placement for the child's confidence and excitement to know I can help, I can contribute, I can decorate the tree. And I'm all about also having kids be seen and heard and known by their parents and the parents don't even have to be in the room. So this is a way that kids can feel seen and known and heard is by little ornaments on the tree if they made it or a placemat that's at the dining room table for kitchen dinner or a place card that a child has done. Maybe they put a Christmas sticker on it and they wrote the letters that say, you know, pop, pop. And the P might be facing the wrong direction. And so parents, if you can just restrain yourself from correcting to just know this is how your child knows. See right there, look, Pop Pop's going to sit there and I did that sign and they are so proud of it. And I ask kids, I will, you know, verbally say, what, what did you do? What are you, what did you contribute? How, what, what did you do for this Christmas? And they are so excited to tell me. I decorated this. I made the thing for that. I put the flowers in there. This is how I contributed. And so let it be that five-year-old version. And so when they wrap gifts, I cannot tell you how many kids that are just, just bursting with excitement to tell me how they have wrapped or what label they have put on a gift. And my expectation isn't that it's going to be that adult version because when I look right at this child, guess what? They're six. So they're going to give me that six-year-old version. 
And that's what they're supposed to do. That's what God designed them to do. The six-year-old version. They don't know 36. They aren't age 36 yet. So that wouldn't be an expectation I could even have for them. But I can be there with them in that six-year-old gift wrapping version and celebrate it and know this is an age and a stage and it's going by quick because in four years, their wrapping is going to be way better. So just embrace that age and stage right where they are. Okay, last thing, presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Did I spell that right? Yes. Okay, so we are talking about parents, your presence, your physical being over a wrapped, tangible object of a present. And I see this over and over and over again with young kids. The age and stage of that three-year-old, eight-year-old, they are so in love with their parents. God designed them to be all about mom and dad. And so your presence matters so much more than buying a bunch of presents. And I help lots of parents figure out, okay, what are we going to do for presents? What are we going to do that's going to grow my child at this age and stage with this skill? And how are we going to teach them this skill and that skill and balance and posture and fine motor skills and, and gross motor skills, all of that stuff. I know all of that stuff. But the most important thing is your being there in moments with them. So many parents have lots of bedrooms, living rooms, toy room that are filled with bins of physical toys, but their kids do not want to play with them. And so they want you. So spend more time with fewer things will be so much better for your child at this age and stage of three to eight-ish, okay? And again, it's going to change. But the magic of Christmas is you, your presence, your, even if it's just 10 minutes of playing a game with them or engaging with them, fully present. The phone is put away. You're not, you know, thinking about work and really trying to send an email, but okay, yeah, let me know when it's my turn. Your kids absolutely know that. And they know that they're not getting the full you. And if you think about it, if you go to a restaurant with your spouse and their phone's off to the side and they're kind of hitting, you you know, you know when they're not really there. And so your presence instead of a present is the most important thing in the messy age and stage of right where your child is. Meet them right there. Have the best holidays. You can find me at www.kellykshub for any help. I help parents all the time. I have been helping parents a lot this season in regard to how do I um, operate on such a tight budget. So again, toys, play, how do you play? How do you arrange things to be helping your kids learn and grow with the skills and things that they need the, to support them in academics and sports and all of that? But I help parents all the time with gifts, 
what is a good idea for a gift, how to repurpose, how to rearrange. I just had a session with a mom in how to rearrange her playroom that will flow much better for her and how her kids are the ages they are. And so we're just kind of rearranging and repackaging some things. I also really help parents understand it's about the experience. So how do you package an experience and actually have a physical thing under the tree, but then it's going to be time spent with your child? Or how do I facilitate that? How do I, how do I package that up for grandparents who want to have an experience with each child? So all of this I'm helping parents with on, on a daily basis. I would love to help you. Again, reach out my Instagram at Kelly K. Shoot. Best of luck with all of the festivities. With the help from the grace of God, we can make it happen. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much 